your hosts, Dr. John Paul and Kevin Allred. Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie, how you doing, Kevin? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good too. It is our very first episode mm-hmm. of our show, Learn. Yes. How excited are you? Very excited. I know you should add in little claps. I know I was like doing it with my hands. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Um. So hey, everybody, welcome to Learn, where the library is always open and reading is what, Kevin? Essential. Essential. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um. To be on the microphone, not only with you, but uh, to just know that after so many months, we finally have our very first episode up and and on uh, the other yeah, Apple channels and things and all the other places. All the places. All the places. You can find us at all the places. <laughs> yeah, all the places. Where can they find us, Kevin? Um, we are going to be on SoundCloud, of course, and then iTunes and Stitcher. Um those are our, our our main our main spots and you can always go to the website at learntpodcast.com um you can click through to the links from there learn a little bit more about the show and whatnot yes yes so um it's really exciting um i'll go ahead um so just for those who are like first time listeners um we're asking please go to the sites mm. please rate us give us fives <laughs> um, we're hoping that you love not only the uh kind of test episode slash uh sneak peek that we did last week but we're hoping that you love this episode and that you will continue to tune in weekly to hear us talk and babble and rant about different things that we love um so uh kind of giving an introduction to who i am um, and then I'll turn it back over to you, Kevin. Sure. Uh, my name is Dr. John Paul. I am a writer and speaker, and many of you know me from social media. I have been very, very vocal these last couple of months about the need for not only education to change, but the world to change. And so um, I'm, I love knowing that now I have a place each week where I can talk with one of uh, someone who's becoming my best friend <laughs> um, and, and talk to them about all of the things that are happening in the world and, uh, and, and really give a, you know, kind of give like a really fresh, perspective from not only the queer perspective from a but from a black perspective but also from someone who is trying to kind of create a lane that where we talk about things openly and honestly so i'm just really excited and thankful to be a part of this project and i'm so excited to be doing it with you kevin yeah i'm so excited too um for those who don't know me i'm kevin allred i'm you know uh, have a background in education right a writer speaker um I've been doing this Beyonce class for a bunch of years now where I like try and use Beyonce's music to get students talking about race, gender, sexuality, all these bigger things we all need to be talking about all the time. Um, And of course, in a fun way. And so that's kind of my approach to education, to pop culture. I'm always trying to bring them together um, to talk about important stuff, but also make it fun. And I think that's you know, like the perfect blend of what our podcast is trying to do too. Um, talk mm-hmm. talk about important issues and give a little background, but also bring in all the trending pop culture moments and yeah. make it relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really what we'll be doing each week. Um, I'm just very excited that we'll be able to not only talk, I, I think talk, 
real i mean because i don't think we really get a chance each week for just us personally right to be in spaces where we get to really kind of process through what our minds are thinking about everything that's happening around us but also to give a, a voice to um i think a subset of folks who are really trying to critically challenge the way we talk about the way the world is working and the way that we see it so i'm just like i said i'm really excited that we are uh doing this so um We'll go ahead, I guess we can go ahead and start off the podcast with uh, our first segment. Um, and what are we talking about this week, Kevin? Ooh, so <laughs> we're going to talk like we're going to always have a main syllabus type section, mm-hmm. um, kind of the bulk of the show. And so today we picked, you know, uh, <laughs> I guess we go big or go home. We started with the <laughs> uh, uh, topic of toxic masculinity. Oh, child. Yes, Lord. As a way to jump in to um, Mm -hmm. talking about the world, talking about pop culture, whatnot. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, what do you, what does that mean for you? Like toxic masculinity, how does that, how do you define it? Yeah. So, you know, I think about it and I think about it in the sense I saw a meme a couple, a couple, I would say months slash years ago where someone had said toxic masculinity is the idea that um, men will treat women a specific way and don't want other men to treat them the same way that they treat women. <laughs> um, so it's like this concept, right, of like what goes around comes around. Toxic masculinity is this, and for, for me, is this idea that men are doing anything and everything that they can to protect themselves, protect their their egos protect um everything that in, in the world what it means to be a man right and, mm-hmm. and and how that's fragile on so many perspectives but this idea that men want kind of the um want to have the the notion of i'm the head leader i i should always have respect but not being able to take the moments when they are being called out for the disrespectful and the terrible things that they're doing um and so i know for me like i know that's not a textbook definition but I know for myself, I've looked at toxic masculinity as being this thing that really kind of keeps men locked away in cages, um, specifically cisgender men, like men who and black men, I would say um, this idea. Like I even think about the moment, right, how a couple of months ago I was getting on a plane and when I the, the man, the guy saw me, there was a black man who was sitting next to me. He asked for a different seat mm-hmm. because he was so frustrated. I could see it in his face that he was frustrated that I was going to sit next to him. So for me, that's what to- toxic masculinity looks like like it's this idea that you don't you can't contend with difference or you can't contend with the idea of what it means to be outside of the binary of what it means to be a man what does it mean for you yeah i mean all of that uh and then i guess just to add you know i always think about it too in terms of like the center of power and how it like you're talking about locking men up in cages or containing them like that's one of the main ways it functions like a lot of people want to be um critical and say oh that's it's it's bashing men you're talking about bashing men or masculinity which isn't really the case it's about the concept um and how the concept kind of upholds all these systems of power that we're talking about right. that are, mm. we see all around us all the time in the world today especially well with the president that we have now especially you see it working in very oh, very explicit ways um but also the idea that it's kind of well, that it, it relies on, so we're talking about men, women, masculinity, femininity, it relies on one, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have the, the, the powerful position depends on the powerless position. Right. And they go back and forth on the binary. So mm-hmm. um, w- we know that it's not 
a there's the binary isn't clear cut. Um, there's like right. lots of positions. There's a spectrum. There's all this other stuff. But the idea of toxic masculinity holds the binary in place, um, mm-hmm. and also is inflected with race and class and um, all this stuff. You mentioned how certain groups of men um, maybe adhere more closely or perform toxic masculinity in yeah. more explicit ways because they're trying to get kind of climb that ladder of power mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i always think yeah. about it in terms of whiteness too like it comes out of whiteness just like a gender binary has right means a lot for whiteness um and so mm-hmm. people that maybe can't access whiteness might go even harder to access masculinity if they think that's where power is going to come from for them right um so i mean it's a lot of stuff it's one of these big like root things that you have to get at mm-hmm. to yeah to kind of yeah fix the world <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and i think it also um so kind of giving a, a, like an actual scriptural definition it's you know toxic masculinity is defined by the adherence to traditional male gender roles that restricts the kinds of emotional allowable um or the emotional context for boys and men to express including social expectations so i think that it goes back to this idea of like like you mentioned the alpha male right this man a man who shows up as a man and even even if that means in the trans world um the frustration that trans people have in relation to showing up um as uh, masculine right and the masculine presenting and uh the limits that it, it it puts on folks in relation to who they are and how they express and how they feel i know for me i think the biggest thing that I've always kind of dealt with was this idea um, of why cis men specifically in terms of toxic masculinity are always so angry. Um, even mm. in moments when like they don't like that's the first thing that they always go to like instead of processing out you know <laughs> the conversation or processing out you know how they feel in relation to something the first space to always go to was anger and I think that that's what really toxic masculinity is it tells men that instead of processing out effective ways to talk about or to feel how to feel about what's going on around you you immediately go to this place of anger to, to deal with your emotions yeah so. defense it's kind of like a different defense mm-hmm. immediate defense put up the walls um yeah yeah and, that's a good yeah. point so yeah and so talking about how it functions in the world what are your thoughts around that well i mean it's hard not to think about <laughs> like i mentioned mm-hmm. the president right now but it's hard right. not to think about um how much and especially like you know there's some pop culture examples but i've also been thinking about you know this very the the like alt right backlash is is mm-hmm. so rooted in this idea that especially white men are right. now being victimized or men are being victimized <laughs> who have the people that have been powerful are somehow right. as they feel you trying to take their tiki torches girl you trying <laughs> oh, right, to take their tiki torches right <laughs> they went out and bought all those tiki torches to prove mm-hmm. that they could i don't know whatever um trash yeah this whole idea that as as like power gets counterbalanced i guess or like Mm -hmm. we're attempting to try and balance things out you know you also have the me too movement that's like speaking up about sexual assault which has been going on a lot longer than the hashtag in the past Mm -hmm. um year or so but um you have this backlash that's rooted in toxic masculinity that makes it feel like anything that means white men aren't centered is an attack on Mm -hmm. 
the way things were, the good old days. I don't know what kinds of all those like dog whistle ways that people reference the boys club. Yeah, reference this yeah. this past that was better than it is now. Um mm-hmm. which is what uh Trump used and rallied around to get elected. Right. So he's mm-hmm. he's helping normalize that in ways I mean, we don't need him to normalize it, but he's helping right. exacerbate it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm exponentially i guess right and that's how the whole is in my opinion that's how the whole maga um the make america great again piece is kind of you know perpetuated right it's perpetuated in this way of like who holds the power and so i think i think addressing whiteness and toxic masculinity is so important because it really speaks to this idea and i I mean i always tell people you need to dig you need to dig and i always start with colonialism like Mm. i said all of this is a great example of what colonialism looks like for everybody not even just and i think it always becomes a black versus white or black you know latinx minoritized you know conversation and i don't think that that's necessarily it we all benefit from colonialism because that power piece is so important and so men specifically white men they understand their whiteness they understand their power they understand where they land in this country or in this world and so what do they do they use the functionality of toxic masculinity to continue to maintain said power or to um you know continue to leverage it so i think it all you know i say oppression is connected i say it's all connected and i think that regardless of how you feel about said pieces they all should up in one way shape or form together mm-hmm. yeah and even even um I, I also feel like white men know i'm speaking mm-hmm. as a white man um who, right. who has access to power and privilege in some ways mm-hmm. and not in others but mm-hmm. um they know that it's fake like they know that this is all fake which is why you have to hold on to it so tightly and you have to defend right. it so strongly because you know like white men came and took you're talking about colonialism took Mm -hmm. america like it wasn't it's all been fake and so there has to be this like fictional idea that gets embedded so deeply that you that it's used to perpetuate Mm -hmm. all this stuff so there's so much violence at the root of it and deep down people know once they start digging and thinking about it but Mm -hmm. the you know the tendency is to ignore and just keep pretending it's all about because if it if the shoe were on the other foot white men know know that right what would be happening and that's what's terrifying mm-hmm. because they've yeah. they've done so much i'm speaking generally i'm not speaking about each individual white man i always have to even no matter how many times you girl you know they're gonna no come many how many way. times you make that caveat right. they still mm-hmm. come for you um mm-hmm. but yeah they they know that they've done so much that any rational person that, that that warrants a backlash against them so they turn the backlash as if it's coming um they play the victim as if it's right as if they're now being taken advantage of in some unfair way which um mm-hmm. whatever uh so <laughs> it, it, it it's like what you think you get thinking about it and you just like start going in circles and circles because it's so confounding that Mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. can it can be still perpetuated because like how doesn't anyone see how uh, irrational this is or fake the whole idea of masculinity mm. it, just without yeah. without even the toxic part right right but just masculinity is um mm-hmm. and how many other options there are 
So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I think about, so, you know, kind of, I think about it from, you say masculinity, and I think the mask piece, I always tell people, if they haven't seen the documentary, The Mask You Live In on Netflix, like, that's the first in my opinion, the best place to start when you want to start conversations around toxic masculinity. But I even think about the mask, right? And how we can kind of like tease that out into thinking about Cosby and thinking about R. Kelly and Kanye and the different masks that all three of these men wore. Um, and I, 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 I wanted to bring this up specifically because I've heard so many of my friends, so many of my mentors, so many people that I love, specifically women and trans women say, why aren't cis men talking about how toxic these men are and how the systems around each of these men, um, and why are we always putting it back on, like, so for instance, in the Kanye conversation, right? Why are we putting it back on the Kardashians as a whole when there's, there are women there, right? That they're the ones that's causing Kanye to kind of go, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And it's not to, <laughs> not to, you know, villainize people with mental health issues. I am right. a proponent and a true believer that what Kanye is experiencing is from, a lot of it is toxic masculinity. Like he has held for the last what seven eight because his mom died what in 2008 oh, or 2009 um yeah i don't remember the exact year but it's yeah it's been a, yeah a, a, a good almost a decade if not yeah it's been a few and so now you know i don't know if you saw the headlines that he's getting ready to put the the yeah. doctor who killed his mom on or you know who who uh, i would say assisted in her death mm, yeah. on his on the cover of his album and yeah. so i said that for me is he's grieving and he's and he doesn't know how to process what he's going through other than i just need attention i need people mm. to look at me because he's always been an attention whore yeah. like that's just the reality kanye has always been all eyes on me right. but i think now it's getting to a place where it's extremely toxic and i'm going like somebody needs to get this baby some help so i say all of that to say like i guess framing it from this place right we look at cosby and the mask that he wore um under the guise of being the all you know the all-seeing great father and you know father figure for black america and then you have R. Kelly, who, you know, perpetuated this idea of I'm the Pied Piper of music. Everyone loves my music. I bring people together. Kanye is, you know, going through whatever he's going through from his mental health aspect. You know, you had Harvey Weinstein, who who abused his power right. as a white man in, in media. And so I guess, you know, kind of going back to it, um, what do you think these masks say in relation to how we interact with each other, not only just as men, but as uh, both men, women, LGBTQ folks, etc.? Hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, the way you're talking about, or the way you're positioning the Kanye stuff is really, mm -hmm. particularly is really interesting to me because, you know, I've been a Kanye fan. I, mm -hmm. I've never been like a Kanye stan, let's say. I've mm -hmm. always enjoyed the music, um, but of course have, have, in the last years have like fallen off of like following and listening and Same. stopped caring really because Same. of because <laughs> really of stopped because of what you've seen seen him mm -hmm. doing and that's a really good point that it comes out of a place of grief um mm -hmm. and whatever mental like we don't know but there's there's most likely some kind of mental health issue going on not that that makes a full excuse or or right. disavow of what he's doing um, mm -hmm. but it's just wild to think of, cause he has always been about attention and making a statement. The Kanye of George Bush doesn't care about black people attention <laughs> to the Kanye of, right. 
apparently i support trump yeah like flat out Mm. trump signed my maga hat makeup whatever hat my red hat and Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. let me and now he's he's tweeting all these text messages about republicans and it's just it's also false information about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like republicans freed the slaves kind of thing without going into the ways that (laughs) the ways that um obviously the the parties have changed over time and basically flipped 180 um also abraham lincoln didn't like black people he (laughs) He's, he did the Emancipation Proclamation out of necessity, but he also wanted to, like, ship everyone to a separate island, um, all yeah. black people to a separate he island. Killed us. So, so it's not yeah. it's not such an easy thing. But to think about it through the lens of how hurt Kanye is and mm-hmm. does that let us I don't know if that opens up other ways, other solutions or other ways to think about him, because. My initial impulse is like he's done. We got to get rid. Of, he's got to be canceled. We can't. He <laughs> like it's gone so far mm-hmm. that his mm-hmm. hurt is turning into so much hurt for other people. And weirdly, he's doing it under the guise like by promoting these uh, Trump and normalizing mm-hmm, all these things mm-hmm. that are so violently right. hurting other people. The policies, the statements, right. the whatever. Um, but he's doing it under the guise of love everyone, give everyone a chance. It's so, it's kind of wild the way that that's spun back around. If you're mm-hmm. looking at it through that lens that you're talking about, about how hurt he is. Right. It's spun back around. And he's he's saying he's putting that um, that doctor's face on the album because it's about forgiveness. That doesn't really feel like it's about <laughs> forgiveness. Nonsense. Um so yeah so like Mm -hmm. what's holding him back from actually working through these issues is it about this kind of like expectations of masculinity and toxic masculinity and yeah yeah well even thinking about too right so thinking about how forthcoming folks are in terms of specifically and i say this you know women right and again i don't want to leave our my trans sisters out of this conversation but the women who came forward for the in terms of the me too movement uh-huh. um and have been saying cosby raped me r kelly you know kept me in a basement and made me his love slave and then we have terry cruz right who comes out and says hmm. you know that queer man touched me inappropriately at that christmas party and how everybody responded to it right hmm. um i think about that often in this idea of you know how even in moments when we don't realize that toxic masculinity affects us it affects us um and how we respond to these different conversations and how we respond to the way that we carry these conversations and even thinking about these idea that you know speaking out about said pain or speaking out about whatever injustice somehow effeminizes you you know like Mm. it, it puts you in a place where you know you're too close to your emotions why is that happening why are you speaking about it um I guess that's, you know, why I go back to Kanye and I just, I look at him and I, I've, and I, I've written articles about this. I've spoken about this with friends and people just in passing. And I've said, I, I really want him to get the help that he needs even. And, and it's not me passing it off and saying that he, you know, maybe this is who he has always been. And he had a good team around him to keep him together to say, Hey girl, like this is not good for your brand as you're coming out the gate. But as you get more comfortable with your money, do what makes you happy. Um, I just worry. Like I said, I go back and forth daily worrying about what, 
you know, I, you know, like I saw somebody said, what is wrong with Kanye? And I don't know. <laughs> like, we don't I don't know. know. <laughs> like, I'm going, I don't know what's wrong with Kanye. sis. like, I know what's wrong with a few other folks, but I, I just, I, I, I feel so bad for him. And I feel so bad for a lot of men who live in a space where they can't openly speak out about the pain that they live with and they exist with. Um, and, 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 and how men will actively, when I say go to see, go seek help or go process or go talk to someone about your abuse. Like if you were sexually abused as a cisgender man, talk to somebody about that, how men will automatically shut down and go, I'm not talking to nobody about what happened to me. And I'm going, but you need to heal. And I think that that's what really comes down to, for me, it's, you know, I think men keep doing this. And so when you talk about Cosby, when you talk about Kelly, when you talk about Weinstein, when you talk about all the shitty men who are doing things to hurt women, I've, I've lived in this hurt people, hurt people. And so what's happening is, is you're having a whole bunch of hurt men who are doing and looking for things. And some men are just trash. We have to just right, say that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. We don't want to give them that much room and say, oh, let's feel bad for them. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is hurt people, hurt people. But then there are just some men who are trash and right. they fall under that. So I can't, but I know for me specifically looking at Kanye as an example, I, I really think he's hurting. Yeah. And I really wish that, you know, he didn't feed into whatever's keeping him away from getting the help that he needs. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's a, we're kind of like talking about this all generally, but there's definitely differences mm -hmm. between Kanye and the Cosby and right. R. Kelly and all right. of these situations right. where they're actively mm -hmm. preying on women. Right. And, right. and um, Right. They they might have their own hurt, but I I'm not really willing to give that a lot of right. um, weight in discussing them because of yeah. like you know the years of violence they've created and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how many women they've um, hurt uh, right and I mean assaulted right. I don't I, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the, we can even use word like stronger words, I guess. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And but it all comes there. There is this kind of um, it. It's it's the culture of toxic masculinity that lets people like Cosby and all of these people get away with it for so long. Weinstein right. get away with it for so long. Right. Why are they protected? And they're they've been protected in different ways. I mean, R. Kelly's right. gotten away. It's only just this week really that i mean people have been talking about black women have been talking about this <laughs> right for y y decades really um yeah, and, yeah. and saying even the boondocks didn't they do an yeah, episode on the boondocks talking about how terrible r kelly was like over 10 years ago yeah it I had mean, to have been yeah Aaliyah's first album came out and we heard even if you didn't know all the backstory well, like she was was she married to him at the time or he had made her marry him at yeah, i don't remember she was 16 and her album is called aj nothing but a number and he produced yeah. it and he wrote the song and um meanwhile like we're just we're just digesting the i believe i can fly version of r kelly not the aj nothing but right. a number r kelly um yeah the pedophile so even if you know other people knew more from being mm -hmm. in chicago being around him seeing these stories even if we didn't and the first time we kind of learned about it was that Aaliyah album like it's been right. a long time and it's only this yeah. week that I mean we're talking on a Monday and they're just starting the hashtag mute R. Kelly is that what the hashtag is going around <laughs> yeah the hashtag is mute R. Kelly finally um 
Right. And, and yeah, it takes a lot of time for all of these things to happen. But the Weinstein stories blew up. The, the Cosby right. stuff blew up. It's taken a really long time for R. Kelly um, mm. to kind of the attention to be put on him. And it is because there's different, um, you know, people that still want to defend R. Kelly are defending mm. a tox- a kind of toxic masculinity. Not that. Right. That that's what f- what led R. Kelly to behave in this way. But. Mm-hmm. Um, the people defending him and the, defend Weinstein and whoever, that's what's allowing them to defend them. So that it needs yeah. to come, to, you know, we need to dismantle and deconstruct it right. in terms of who who gets defended and why they get defended mm-hmm. and how they get defended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been seeing a lot of people say that, like the folks who defend, you know, Cosby, the folks who are defending R. Kelly's, the Weinstein's, et cetera, they're showing a true character of who they are. Um, and I've, I've, I've been saying this, you know, throughout, you know, both social media and just in the social circles that I have. Um, we, the real, for me, what, you know, how we start kind of dismantling toxic masculinity is, you know, Again, acknowledging the power that these men have, acknowledging the powerful positions they they posit themselves in and holding them accountable. And so I'm, you know, I've always been saying like, I, there have been events I've wanted to go to and I've seen R. Kelly on the bill and I was like, nope, mm-hmm. not going to that. Um, you know, even down to like, I love, like I was telling my husband last night, I love that song with uh, Lady Gaga, the do what you want. And it has the R. Kelly on it. I won't listen to that song anymore. And it's, it's hard for me because I love right. that song. But, you know, it's the thought of him, how, how basically even how creepy that whole entire verse he has in that song is like, he's telling you who he is. Really creepy. I was thinking, really I creepy. was thinking about that song today because I'm wondering like, where is also, this is tangentially related to toxic masculinity, yeah. I guess. But that <laughs> song came out, uh, what, that was on Art, Art Pop. came Pop. out in so, 2011, 2012. Not super long ago. Most people knew. Right. It wasn't, like, the center of conversation, but we knew what R. Right. Kelly was up to. And mm-hmm. that song came out. Lady Gaga chose him, presumably, to mm-hmm. be on that song, uh, to perform. And he produced uh, it. To perform this really awkward raunchy song that kind of mm-hmm. i don't know and and i don't think lady gaga has ever said anything about it but she also doesn't nope. get a backlash against her mm-hmm. which you know she's protected by her precious white womanhood but um mm-hmm. it, it's very interesting about all the responses and the ways people are mm-hmm. are either blamed or not blamed or called out or not called out because that's right. I'm, I'm really interested. I want Lady Gaga to say something. I know not every right. artist has to say something about every single thing, but she was directly involved mm-hmm. and people are, yeah. people are calling out other artists on social media. Like, um, you worked with R. Kelly. What do you have to say about these things now? Right. You know, I think right. she definitely needs to be included in that, but yeah. I don't know if she will be. Um, yeah, just even, I mean, I kept thinking about it. Do what you want with my body. Like, it's just, that's so like, oh God, it's so gross to me now that I think about who R. Kelly is and him being the person who wrote that song and produced it. So yeah, I, I just can't. And so I guess that kind of comes down to, um you know, the tail end of the conversation, right? So a lot of folks have been saying, mm-hmm. and I guess this has been the defense people have, specifically with folks like Harvey Weinstein, you know, knowing that he had such a big hand in media, knowing he's created some of the most influential movies and have had such, some of the, um you know, some of the biggest artists or some of the biggest, you know, 
stars we know in movies have come out of the gate from his studio um but even thinking about Cosby and R. Kelly like I know that just recently was it um I forget what it's called it's called a, a television channel they just ended their contract with uh the the, the oh, Cosby reruns. Right, the reruns. reruns. So the reruns are no longer going there. I know that there have been radio stations that have spoken out and said we will no longer. Like I know Heart and Soul specifically a couple weeks, uh, a couple days ago, actually, I was in my car and they had made a statement that they are no longer going to be playing any of R. Kelly's music on their radio station. So I see people are actively doing things to like kind of end, you know, the careers of these folks who are terrible. Um, But then comes the conversation of can we separate the art from the artist? What are your thoughts about that? Right, well... I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I think artists, I mean, not that I would call like Harvey Weinstein an artist necessarily, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, say someone like Woody Allen, like everyone loves to use him as an example. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love Woody Allen's movies, but I hate Woody Allen the person, or I love R. Kelly's music and I hate what R. Kelly does. But right on some level, it doesn't matter because we live in a capitalist society. So if you're supporting R. Kelly's music or going to a concert, you're supporting him and everything mm-hmm. he does. Yep. Um, and I, I mean, I know there's ways to like try and divorce those things in my head. I, it's not possible. And there are, right. there are some, I str- I've never liked Woody Allen movies, so I don't have a problem there. Like, I think they're boring, <laughs> well, I, but... I don't know her. I don't know her. <laughs> I, um, there have been R. <laughs> Kelly songs I like, but right. it's not, like, one of my favorite people. And, and hopefully mm-hmm. that day never comes, because hopefully I've chosen good people to invest right. that much time and energy and love mm-hmm. into that they yeah. won't disappoint me like that in the future, but right. who knows? Um I don't, I can't, I can't separate it. Um, and I think if you are able to separate it, you're fooling yourself. Like, you're fooling yeah. yourself because in some way you're still supporting this person. You're not supporting them right. directly in their despicable acts, but you're allowing them to continue doing them. Or, right. So I don't know. Have Like, you were just talking about the, you stopped listening to the, R. Kelly, Lady Gaga song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are you able mm-hmm. to do that? Like, what do you think? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm in the same way. So I'll be, I'm going to be that girl that says that I've never liked the Cosby show. <laughs> I've always thought it was awful. Um, I've had so many friends say, oh, I love the Cosby show. And they would have it on when I was around and I would just kind of give them the look of like, something about Bill Cosby always creeped me mm. out anyway. I don't know. It was just, and I'm that person that I vibe off people, even sure. when I don't know them. Um, there are certain artists and certain celebrities where I'll say, I just don't, I have nothing. I want nothing to do with them because they just give me bad vibes. And so Cosby was always under mm. that for me. Um, I kind of took a back seat from R. Kelly after the whole boondocks. Um, even Dave Chappelle, right? So the Dave Chappelle pee on you skit, like around that time, I was like, why would Dave Chappelle do this skit? Um, in a way where it's funny and it's while it's comedic I still I was like Dave Chappelle just doesn't go after people so I knew that there was something more there Mm. right Um, so I've always kind of like I said I was already I had already canceled Cosby out the gate R. Kelly was always kind of on my like shit meter Um, but you know I'm a real big proponent that you know these days for me I used to be that girl that could say okay he's a problematic fave I you know even down to like Michael Jackson like there's a part of me that really wants to say like I want to cancel Michael Jackson in a lot of ways because a lot of the things he said in the, and I, even mm. knowing 
what I know about him and 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 some of the things I've heard about the, the family, right? I want to cancel Michael on so many levels, but it's, I'll be honest, it's hard. It's yeah. really hard to sometimes cancel an artist knowing that, you know, their, 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 um, views or their opinions or the things like so for instance even like me and my husband were talking about shania twain random tangent but it's it's right in that lane right like she said something that was extremely problematic and it was like oh girl you showed me who you were so now i don't want anything to do like you don't impress me much right like <laughs> yeah. you no longer impress me so i just it's hard it's very very hard but i'm i'm learning that as a person who is trying to be on the right side of right that I'm going to have to do it. Like there are going to be businesses I can't give money to anymore. Um, Starbucks included, right? That's been so hard for me these last right. two well, weeks. Well, it seems like it's easier to mm -hmm. do. Like people can rally around this idea of boycott and like when mm -hmm. it is some, like a company. So, and even then right. a lot of people aren't doing mm -hmm. it or not, maybe not enough to actually make a difference. Right. But at least it becomes a conversation where it's boycott Starbucks. Mm -hmm. Okay. We get why yeah. we get why we should do it. We, um, we can try, we can join the movement, whatever, but with an actual artist or, or person, it becomes really difficult for people. I, I don't... Because it's personal. Yeah, more personal than yeah. just... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I that think... It's, and that's the thing, I think it's hard for me, like, even thinking about... So who's an artist that I recently had to... I, I'm just trying to think about an artist that I was like, nope, can't listen to the music <laughs> anymore. Um, I, I can't think of somebody off the cusp, but I am thinking, like, I know that for me, music for me is so personal. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically like entertainment and art. So if like Beyonce came out and was like, I voted for Trump, how hard that would Don't be for me. Don't even say those words. That would never happen. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying though. We can't though, even like, speak right? those into the world. We, I'm not going to speak that into the universe. <laughs> and, and forgive me fans for, for even thinking that that would come out of the queen's mouth. But I'm just saying like. He's wearing a Beyonce t-shirt right now, just so you know. So okay. it's not like. As you know. Yeah, people should know that, that I am still a fan of the Queen. But I'm just saying, like, if there's an artist that you've become so emotionally connected to and then you find out their views don't align with yours or that they do something so terrible, it's like, how do you disconnect yourself when you are so indebted to the work and the and the talent that said person has so it's hard but i will tell you that i know for me and i i wanted to say this you know from a place of you know authenticity i am struggling with it and mm. as i'm learning to cancel folks it's not because i'm canceling them for the one thing or the two things that they've done i'm canceling them for things that they are doing that i know are inadvertently hurting the people that i love so i right. can't say that i stand for black women if i'm out here jigging and dancing to r kelly step in the name of love right, right. like I can't say I love and support all women if I'm watching the Cosby show. So I, I want to put it in that perspective. No, that's a know? good way to think of it. And it's also mm -hmm. like there's distinctions. There's levels of this, right? It's much easier to cancel someone like that. People, people can mm -hmm. also have room. And I think with social media, it becomes people get cancel happy like say the shania yes. twain thing like i really don't i actually don't care about shania twain like <laughs> everyone's still gonna sing man i feel like a woman at karaoke and mm -hmm. whatever but yeah you know that is one level of mistake that she maybe she tried to apologize which i thought was stupid because that mm -hmm. wasn't a difficult question what that she was asked and she pretended that it was whatever. Right. But that's a whole different level than, you know, not watching Cosby show, not supporting R. Kelly. And so artists, I think, should get like when it's just a small thing, 
a chance to make up for it, a chance to move mm-hmm. back. I mean, uh, Chance came out in support of Kanye, but then the next day was like, well, my bad. I didn't mean, <laughs> uh, you know, people are so quick to react on social media that they... Yeah, he was like, pause for the cause. I didn't mean that. Um, and so I like, didn't mean that. I can accept mm-hmm. something like that and say, okay, that's fine. As long as you can show mm-hmm. that you've learned from it. Right. Going forward, if you do it again, it's not going to really, uh, I'm not going to take that old apology, you know, that goes out the window because it means you didn't really learn anything. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, you, you're right. It, you, we can't say as people in the world, especially today in 2018 with this administration and this world and everything that's going on, you can't say you support a group of people, you support black women if you're also... Right. engaging in something or supporting a person that's is so involved in harming that same mm-hmm. group it's right it's a better i think that's a good way to kind of position it so yeah. that people get it yeah and i'm about to piss a whole bunch of people off stop eating at chick-fil-a it's nasty oh. and they're still <laughs> terrible and you know what they stand for so for folks out here talking about oh chick-fil-a they know they are still the same girl that we know they are so stop eating there stop it and i am so tired of having this conversation with people you know who they are so stop eating there i just had to say That's it because it was on my heart i'm a um i'm a vegetarian so i get to sidestep that one <laughs> okay good i and i'm trying i'm i'm good my husband my husband is the person who i have to go back and forth with about that they had that stupid commercial last night with this uh the little buns i guess they're doing like the little oh, mini chicken buns and he was like mini chicken biscuits i was like we cannot eat there <laughs> they hate us I'm like, that is literally like giving money to somebody who is, who literally captured you. Like, literally, like if a slave owner came to me and was like, hey, can I come to dinner? I'm like, come on in here, girl. Sit down at the table. Grab a chair. Don't eat there. Just stop. So I just wanted to say that before we moved out of the Okay, segment. quick PSA. <laughs> yes. Quick PSA. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into recess. Um... What are your, so I'll give a kind of an onus to the listeners of what recess is. Recess is our kind of a moment for us to just kind of talk about the things that are on our heart or on our mind or the things that are kind of bugging us. Um, and so I know you had a thought this week, Kevin, what's your, what's your recess uh, thought? Well, so, right. I hope, I hope all our listeners get the, our, our little play with all the syllabus and educational references for our segments, right? right. Okay. So now we're, yeah. now we're out on the playground and can talk freely. As if, as if we weren't, <laughs> as if we weren't already. Um, yes. But mm-hmm. mine is actually related back to what you uh, brought up about Shania Twain kind of tangentially. Mm-hmm. But, right, so she gets asked, I don't even remember, The Guardian, I think, was doing an interview with her. She gets asked who she would have voted for and she's like oh i like trump he seems honest (laughs) immediate backlash everyone's canceling shania twain including me i thought Mm -hmm. it was like a terrible answer um i wasn't invested in shania twain that much to begin with um but then this whole there's this whole wave of and it had been happening before um like country music especially like lgbt publications and everyone's trying to find like the new queer icon um of country music and people are saying casey musgraves is the new 
Who? Uh, <laughs> she... Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like her music. It's fine. It's nice. Um, it's just cute little poppy country songs. Um, not even that country. Casey Musgraves. Um, but oh, a few years ago, she had a song called Arrow, where she's like, kiss a lot of boys, kiss a lot of girls if that's what you're into. Like, follow your arrow wherever it points or something was the hook. So it's like, oh, inclusion, country music, whatever. It was cute. The song was cute. Don't get me wrong. But she just came out with a new album, so everyone's talking about her again. And it's like, after Shania Twain said that, there was a bunch of articles about, oh, now that Shania Twain is canceled, here are the top 10 queer affirming country music acts for you to give your money and support to. Okay, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But then you read the article and so many of them are straight, um, yeah. mostly straight women too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it it's something that's always on my mind, but it came back to the forefront where yeah. this this impulse to make straight women the queer icon versus actually supporting queer artists or queer people making country music. Cause I also did a thread on Twitter a while back with like 20 or so queer identified people making country music. So like, why aren't they, or even if you go to pride events, how often is a straight woman, the headliner at a pride event? Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. why? (laughs) Like, yeah, their music Mm -hmm. is fun to dance to, but you can dance to their music any old time of the year. Like if this is an LGBT pride event, or like your new queer icon, I kind of want to support queer identified people for those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so it's just really mm-hmm. gotten, um, it's it got me all riled up. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know why, like why we do that. The community does that. Mm-hmm, it, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Why is it easier well, I mean, to, to have a yeah. queer icon that's a straight woman than an actual queer person? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this even thinking about going back to like when polls happened, right, in 2016, um, it's still, and I know that still, this can be a trigger, you know, for some folks to talk about this, but I think about, I go back to that the whole piece of Nick Jonas being the person who oh, gave right. the keynote at the Pulse thing. And I'm going like, really, girl? Like, out of everybody, y'all could have called to ask to be the keynote. There are all these queer people. We have, you know, Janet Mock. We have Laverne Cox. We have all of these people, you know, even, uh, you know, share what, what uh, Chaz Bono. Anybody that you could have called to do, give the keynote for this event, you picked Nick Jonas. All right, girl. Um, And so I, I hear you. I hear you 110%. Like, why are we choosing straight cis women or cis men to be the queer icons of really anything? And that's nothing to say, like, Bop mm-hmm. to Nick Jonas's music. Do whatever you want. Nick Jonas also, mm-hmm. like, to me was a little more insidious because he, like, courts the queer audience by, ooh, let me do oh, a yeah. shirtless photo. Ooh, let me do a is he, isn't he, like, interview where would you mm-hmm. make out with a guy? Like, shut up. We get it. Right. You don't mm-hmm. need to pander in that way. But then everyone mm-hmm. falls for it. So, of course, it continues to happen. Um, right. Because everyone drools right. over at him and mm-hmm. continues to. Sean Mendez is doing it too. Oh, Sean okay. Mendez does the same thing too. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a thing that's happening more. But I get it. I mean, we we we've given Britney the gay icon. We've right. given Madonna the gay icon. We've given Beyonce the gay icon. But I get what you're saying. It's like where are the queer people that deserve their flowers? I'm just in the place now, and I guess this kind of goes into my gripe um, about giving people their flowers, like. Um, specifically even thinking, like you said, there are a lot of queer folks who are doing great work. And I know we're going to talk about one queer person, um, <laughs> towards the end of our, our show, who's doing amazing things, but, um, kind of 
falling into that. Um, I am in a place where I am extremely frustrated about people who speak on queer issues that are not a part of the community um, or are not doing anything to help the community, specifically the folks who are calling themselves allies. Um, and so like, I love and I appreciate the support that folks are giving us, but if you're not giving us a platform, if you're not giving us the space to write, if you're not giving us the space to talk about our issues or even to speak about the intersectional, the intersectional pieces, I don't want to say intersectionality because I don't want to co-opt Kimberly's, you know, concept or term, but talking about the intersections of our pain, whether they be black, queer or, you know, or trans, whatever. Um, I, I am just very frustrated that we look to straight artists to be the ones to have to speak to the issues that LGBTQ folks have. So I guess my gripe this week, it's very very short um, but I'm basically going to say if you are not doing anything to help the community or if you are not a part of the community please shut up just <laughs> shut up or or really. know where to speak and who to speak to like mm -hmm. yeah talk to your <clears throat> family who's homophobic or whatever like talk to but to be the to be the person that accepts like the 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 keynote speech or or mm -hmm. the the queer icon award you know it, it would also be super cool or helpful for those people to be like oh i'm so honored but let's also yeah. let me also bring up you know mm -hmm. to and i really hate saying this because i don't like this person as an artist but to miley cyrus's mm. credit in some place in some ways she brought queer folks up with her um yeah in, at different award shows or put put queer folks on stage with her like that's a that's a moment where you have an opportunity mm -hmm. that can be mm -hmm. used in a way that's um a little more powerful than just like accepting the award or whatever yourself right. so right there's right, levels yeah. but also to be yeah there are levels and i think that that's the thing i want people to get in our um in, from our podcast is that everything we talk about we both understand and and, and recognize the levels that come out of each of these conversations right. but like even thinking about how problematic nini leaks nini leaks is but yet has brought up other queer folks with her too in the work that she's done around housewives and things and so you know we could go on for hours about <laughs> how many people are truly helping or how people might be helping or using the help as a catalyst to kind of put themselves at a place. But I'm just speaking specifically to the folks that um, seem to always have an opinion about the queer community. Oh, right. And I know they're not doing anything to help the community. Like I know for a fact, it's like, girl, when was the last time you put out an album or a song or took a whole bunch of queer people on? So first it's case in point, like Taylor Swift. Like I don't Ooh. need her <laughs> to say anything about the community. Like, girl be quiet and so people will ask her things about lgbtq folks and i'm like who asked her like what why out of everybody you could have asked a question y'all gonna go to taylor swift the piper chapman of the music industry really <laughs> i don't really i don't even taylor swift is my nemesis so i <laughs> She Lord Jesus, Taylor Swift. Oh God, we should just do a whole episode about why Taylor Swift is terrible. We could, and I know people would hate it. I know people would. We probably get so much crap from her little Taylor, her little oh, Taylor friends. I don't know what she calls um, them. Um, Swifties. The Swifties, Swifties or something. Mm, somebody needs to Swift for her away. How about we <laughs> Swift? Yeah, 
Swiffer. Just I once wrote go ahead. years ago. I wrote because it was like about the Kanye. Back to Kanye. It was about the Kanye interruption. Back when Kanye's mm-hmm. attention actually had a point to it, or or right. at least a positive aspect to it. Um, right. I wrote an article called "Taylor Swift is a racist shit fest." Damn it! <laughs> well. You know, sometimes, in the words of Anyanla Von Zach, you got to call a thing a thing. Call a thing a thing, Kevin. So. Call a thing a thing. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. So we going to get to our last, uh, our, our, our second to last bit of the show today. Um, who are we putting on our bibliography? The bibliography right. is what, Kevin? So we're going to, our little bibliography section for shout outs, for recommendations, for things we think you should check out. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't like a... Uh, little known uh, gem or anything that you probably don't right. already know of, but right. Jet Nelt Monet, Dirty Computer. <laughs> yeah. Talk about giving people their roses. Uh, yes. Right. right. Um, mm-hmm. That has to be my big pick to put on, on the bibliography this week. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just a, an amazing piece of work. Um, yeah. I mean, she's had, this is doesn't come out of nowhere. She's consistently put out, um, really interesting mm. creative uh innovative kind of sci-fi <laughs> masterpiece rock opera i was calling them rock operas the other day um yeah because they really are it's like an from start to finish there's a story there's a storyline this one came with a full length well hour-long kind of emotion picture film element visual album element um Frankly, honestly, I love the album itself more than the visuals mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the visuals were awesome, and I actually wanted more of the storyline. Like, I wanted more of that memory wipe facility, that uh, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, if you haven't listened to this album, obviously go do it. But, like, the whole concept mm-hmm. is that anyone who's different, like people of color, LGBT people, queer people, um, yeah. poor people, whatever are are known as dirty computers that dirty need computers, that need wiped yeah. their memories wiped and mm-hmm. like they're bu- debugged fixed whatever so she's mm-hmm. like i want i want to know a whole like i want a whole movie or a series about that and yeah. it ended up being like the the visuals were kind of music videos popped in as her memories which was cool all in itself mm-hmm. i don't mean to detract from that but i was just like i found mm-hmm. myself wanting more story um and which I got more from just listening to the album by itself, which I, I, I right. love. So, yeah. yeah, you I know you love it, too, right? <laughs> yeah, I so I was actually listening to it this morning prior to going to the gym. And I, I think for me, like, I love the little um, gems that she kind of drops on the album, even down like even down to the little gems that are there present in the um, emotion picture is what she calls it. And I think that's I've so and, and this, I guess I'm going to be all over the place with this <laughs> because I just love Janelle Monet so much like there are layers to the artists that I love. There's Beyonce and then there's like Brandy and then like Janelle Monet is like right in between there for me. Mm. So anything Janelle Monet does, I'm like screaming for it. And I think what I love is that she's given us onus that um Jane, you know, the 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 android Jane is uh was at uh, 57821 hmm. has always been kind of a quote unquote dirty computer and that she's always been on the run for various reasons. Um and so even down from like the very first like when we're introduced to Jane, um and we learn her number and we understand who she is when she was, you know, even down to when we were she was talking about or singing about, you know, the tightrope piece, right? Like there are all these things about 57821 that's different 
Monet or Janelle Monet or whoever she sees herself as. And so to get to an album now where it's kind of like this catalyst of like, okay, I am different. I've known I've always been different. And even though I'm not, you know, said computer, we are all computers because we're all programmed to think a certain way about who we are. Um, and I love that, that that for me is what I took away from this album and the emotion picture is that she's ultimately at a place of where she's saying you need to, um, you basically need to start your unlearning process. Like you've been programmed to, to believe something to be true about yourself. You've been programmed to believe something to be true about other people. Um, it is now time for you to wipe yourself of that and say, what do I believe for me? And so to see her, I guess that's kind of, you know, this piece of like where my gratitude is this week. I am so grateful to see her. And it's not to say the folks who are, you know, who are closeted for whatever reasons, right? I want to respect that, you know, not everybody can be as free as both you and me or Janelle Monet or anybody. But this idea that for some folks, they say, I'm going to, I've risked, living in the closet now i'm ready to risk living outside of it and so i'm just so happy that now she's using her art to tell her story and to freely become who she's wanting to become through her music through her visuals through her tours so that's just where my heart is today i'm so proud of her yeah if you don't know um this album also like coincided with her coming out as pansexual Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. as a as a queer black woman she says uh, mm-hmm. it was the rolling stone article i think that all of this really right. came, there's a bunch of articles that have been written about her but it was that rolling mm-hmm. stone piece where she um really comes out um and yeah it's it's uh, the music has always like i always read the the android character cindy mayweather or now jane mm-hmm. um as mm-hmm. queer like it was hard yeah it, it, it's actually it takes a lot of work not to read that character as queer. So right, I don't think right. she was ever hiding that fact, but yeah. kind of doing the like art and hiding herself personally, protecting her, mm-hmm. not hiding, protecting herself, protecting um, herself yes. personally. Um, mm-hmm. And now she's at a place where she feels comfortable to come out. But I, uh, like you're saying, everyone has their own reasons for coming out, not coming out. But really, what the whole metaphor as you were saying that it may, was making me think of like the metaphor of debugging deprogramming kind of mm-hmm. mirrors this idea in education or or around any of these big systems of racism sexism homophobia like unlearning these things mm-hmm. and so unlearning them kind of takes away the idea that there is a closet to begin with and so right like that's another kind of genius level where it's not about coming out or not coming out. It's about unlearning the whole system that creates the need for a person to come out because we're all mm-hmm. just people with, you know, across a spectrum of options, um, infinite options really. And it, once you unlearn things like, like we're talking about with toxic masculinity or unlearning a gender binary system, right? Society still kind of functions around a gender binary system, but as you unlearn it, it becomes easier to see other positions, other right. other mm-hmm. roles. And I think that's kind of what she's doing through this album too, very explicitly, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think that I, I will always say I'm just, I'm, I've, I'm very much a fan of when a person makes their personal political. Mm. Um, and I think the album does a really great job at that as well. Not only just through the music, but even like songs, right? So like Screwed, right. Um, you know, she's like, you'll fuck the world up now, but we'll, we'll, we'll bring it all yeah. back down. Yeah, we'll fuck we'll it all fuck back, it all back, back down. down. So I just, 
Yeah, like I love this idea that everything in this album, you know, as much as it's fun, um, it everything has a very subtle political statement. And I think that, you know, again, Beyonce's done it. Um, you know, you have Janelle Monet who's doing it. You have quite a few artists who I think are, and I, I expect the same thing, not to detract from Janelle Monet, but I expect that Christina Aguilera with her album getting ready to drop will probably be doing the same thing in some way, shape or form. Because I think she did it with Stripped. You know, there were moments in Stripped where she made political statements. Hmm. And so um, I'm kind of hoping and praying that as we see more artists put their music out um, that they'll get away from letting Twitter and all these other right. public places be the forum for them to speak politically and start using their art um, to do it so again just sending simple blessings to her for the work she's doing and, so I'm really happy and you know Nina Simone famously said an artist the, the role mm-hmm. of an artist is to reflect the time so if you're not really putting some of that into your art are you really mm-hmm. an artist right now like our right, times are so right. We're in like dire, dire times. So really? if, there's, if really? there's not a bit of that, at least like you don't have to go mm-hmm. over like full out. But if there's not a bit of that in your in your music, are you and some and some singers aren't artists and that's fine, too. Right. But like, right, 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 let's right, just right, be right. clear about who's an artist and who's who's whatever right. else. No, yeah. I feel yeah. you 110 percent. Yeah. OK. All right. So we are at the close of our show. We did it. Um, yeah, we did it. This is our very first episode uh, for everybody who is listening, who has subscribed, who has, you know, supported both me and Kevin in our journey to bringing this to your ears. Please continue to support us um, and share this with your friends, share this with your family, your mamas, my mamas, whoever <laughs> you want to share this with, share it with them. Um, but uh, I wanted to take a quick moment. We So we have an email that we want folks to use to send us uh, information, you know, whether they want to shout someone out or they want to be shouted out or if they want to ask us questions. Uh, Kevin, did you want to tell them more about the email? Yeah, so you can email us, the show, at uh, asklearnt at gmail.com mm-hmm. or you can just go to that yes. website um learntpodcast.com there's a contact page it sends it straight to that email anyway so you don't have to remember the email necessarily um mm-hmm. and we want to use comments questions all that for another segment which we'll call office hours um yeah. following the theme our our education mm-hmm. theme and you know it can be it could be comments on stuff we've talked about it can be a shout out like john was saying it can be yeah advice uh question like academic questions education questions advice uh Mm -hmm. inquiries for advice whatever um right yeah so just to become a little more interactive with the audience for every episode Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we will be really i mean for me i'll be very excited to feature people's questions and thoughts because Mm -hmm. it again we're like this is a community and we want you all to feel like you have a place to where you can come every you know every week or every other week um to really be able to talk about what's on your mind and how you're feeling kind of the way that me and kevin both bring our hearts to this so um again i'm just very excited um and i'm very thankful to everybody who helped make this happen and as we proceed we are so excited to have you along for the journey so um until next time, Kevin, is there anything, any last minute announcements, anything you want to share with the listeners? No, I think I've shared it all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> OK, 
okay. Um, well, just kind of letting people know. I know for me, I'll be in Connecticut mm. this week um, doing some stuff. And then um, we're both, I will I will shout you out, Kevin. Oh. We are both in the process of writing our books. Okay. So please continue to send us all the good vibes as we continue to write. Um, and any other fun things that are coming up? No, I don't I don't think so. I think we're just kind of grinding and, and trying to make this thing work. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping that we can continue to bring you uh, quality and, and, and great information that makes you think and makes you feel like your your stories and your experiences are heard. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's that. And I will say thanks, Kevin, for being here with me. And until next time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Take care of yourself and each other. Bye. Dirty computer walking by If you look closer, you'll recognize I'm not that special, I'm broke inside Crashing slowly, the bugs are in me Dirty computer